Hey everybody and welcome to another penult I fuck penultimate penultimate. Why? But it's not another penultimate. It is just It is another. Welcome to No, it would be another episode, the penultimate one. But is another it is another penultimate because it's our third penultimate episode mm. of the season. Okay. Just because I can't say the word doesn't mean I don't know what it means. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Welcome to this episode, this wonderful episode of Honest Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. And this is episode 89. my favorite position i'm trying to picture what that is because i feel like it's you with two donuts it is pretty much what i had in my mind yeah well actually your case is two pizzas oh it's the ashley special yeah exactly yeah, um that's what like last night my housemates left they went out for a little date night um and they're like you can get the two pizzas you i know you want it's like no i promised myself i wouldn't have a pizza until i got under 100 kilograms you won't have another pizza until I'm under 100 kilograms. Pilograms. Um, what? Seriously? Yeah. Where I'm are you now? 103. Got a little way to go, but you're doing really well. I've really, lost really well. Five kilograms in five weeks. How? Just good routine, I guess. I mean, I cycle. I think I, I, the cycling is what is doing it. And those Boris bikes are fucking heavy, so it's like triple the work. My legs are always sore. Mm, mm. But yeah. Um, <laughs> double pizza. Love it. But yeah. How you doing, Matt? I feel like I've not seen you since yesterday. I know. <laughs> um, I'm not too bad. This week's been quite um, a tough one, actually. Um, like, I just not... I felt very stressed and I don't really like feeling stressed in general mm. um obviously like I've like last week's podcast there was some sort of like still worry about like <clears throat> just arguing and stresses like that and, and things like that and then starting my course is really getting into it where I need to like study and mm. write things down and it was just adding a lot of stress to that um and then on Wednesday <clears throat> I went with my family with my mum and my nephew to my uncle's house and I know that families have drama and stuff, right? But this was like television scale, like actual legit dramatization. I was actually like, oh my God, I have no idea how to deal with this at all. With you? Not with me. Right. Well, there was a bit of it, but like me and my mum went to visit her brother and there have been some issues in their household and it was just tense the whole time. Honestly, it was just, it was stressful. Um, and then... Even in last week's podcast, I thought my, my ability to like, argue, one of the reasons why I don't like to argue is because sometimes when I open my mouth, I find it very difficult to control. It's like anything. Once you start, it's mm -hmm. really hard to stop, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like staying quiet during the whole time. Then my mum's like, well, Matt, tell us what you think. And I was like, I don't want to say anything. She's like, just tell us what you think. And I was like, honestly, I... Yeah, bitch, don't drag me into this. Well, exactly. And then she was like, well, tell us what you think. And then I was like, well, just to be clear, you're all wrong. And then I was like, and it just like flowed out. And then she was like, okay, you said your point. And then I was, and then I stopped, but I was mm. like, fuck, shit. Mm. 
and like most things, I, I feel like I was right in what I was saying, but it was just, um, I don't know if I did it in the best, most tactful way, which is something I've always struggled with. Um, but it just adds more stress, you know? I mean, arguments happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, yeah, it's lots of family, family dramas, which is really not, mm. not okay. I think it's harder with family drama, but it's also, I think it's easier to get past it as well. Like, I mean, I argue with my brothers all the time, well, one brother. Um, we don't hold a grudge. Like, it's two days later, it's like, I still hate your guts, but I love you. So. Well, it's really difficult, though, because my mum, like, I'd say, like, even in my family, like, the concepts of family is very, very loose. Mm. Sometimes it's like the beyond ends of where you must devote yourself to your family because you're blood. You know that whole mm. thing where they'd be like, you're family, so you must be loyal to them regardless of every situation. Well, yeah, because the person we were just chatting about, Jamal Shuji, the pictures, um, they have such a close family. And I'm very close with their family. And it always feels a bit one-sided. And there's a couple of times like people are like, oh, we would love to come and meet you. And I'm like, well, I'm not that close with my family. I mean, we're getting closer. But it's it's incomparable to how close you are. Well, that's the thing, yeah. And especially, like, coming out and stuff like that and, and not necessarily being accepted. I made, like, a massive mm. effort to separate myself from my family. But it's also, like, I never see my aunties and uncles ever. So the family I went to on Wednesday, honestly, I may have not seen them for years. Mm. But then I'm supposed to then say that they're my family, so I need to have the same dynamics that close people should when it's mm. not really the same, you know? You can't be fake. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, whatever it is, so... Yeah, that was just a bit stressful. Um, but apart from that, do you know what? The week's turned out all right. Mm. Pretty good. Still looking for jobs. Studying. Mm. Too much drinking. I watched Hustlers yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that was quite good. I give it a 7 out of 10. Have you seen it? No, no. It's worth watching. It won't blow your socks off. I mean, Jennifer Lopez. I like her acting. I love love The Wedding Planner. It's one of my favourite films. Have you seen it? Of course not. Seriously, you've seen yeah. every film in the world. I haven't seen every single film in the world and I actively reject the thought of watching films that I expect to be a waste of my time. Now what I would say is I have been proven wrong a couple of times. Friends of Benefits, I thought there's no way I'm going to watch this film. Who's that one again? My, Mil, Mila, Kuna, Mila Kunez and Justin Timberlake. Is that good, are you saying? Oh my God. Seriously? Oh, have you never watched it? No. That is a but really that's my jam. Com. That is a really good love com, uh, rom-com. What? Yeah, I know. And tell you, tell me who made me, tell you who made me watch it. Drew? No, Mark McCabe. I'll stop. I swear. And I said, I can't believe you watched it. He goes, actually, I was against this until I watched it. And I think it's brilliant. Oh my God. I really want to watch that now. Um, Sick. Mm-hmm. You could watch that today. You said we might watch some. Although, what do we say? Bring it on. We said we watch Bring It On today. Oh no, we didn't say we watched it today. Because Jordan wanted to watch it. No, that was Drew. We we're talking about Gabrielle Union. Anyway. Oh <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> How's your week? My week was busy. Not to rub it in, but work was busy. I mean, I've been busy. Yeah. No, but I mean... Oh, work. work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> work is just crazy busy. I was inspired by you last week, and I am also looking at online courses at the minute. Ooh. Yes. What kind of courses? Well, it's an idea I've toyed with for a little while. Uh, I'm going to dip my toe in the world of finance. 
you know you need to be able to count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff? Well, I'm doing a... F- well, I'm researching into it, but I'm doing... It's weird. Is this system online where... My understanding, I haven't done that much research into it yet, into this course, is the way I understand it is you can do these modules for free, learn the stuff, but at the end, you if you want it to be an official qualification, you have to pay like 500 quid for the exam or whatever it is. But it's actually one of the first modules that actually builds an accountancy degree. So you do it bit by bit and build it up. And what makes you want to do that? Um, I weirdly love spreadsheets. I don't think it's weird. They are incredible. And if you can figure out what they do, they're just so smart. I'm terrible with them. But I'd love to be um, an expert with Excel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love, what, 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 I, I, it's so weird because all my growing up, I was so into English and, you know, having opinions and having, you know, if you get asked one question, you could interpret it differently than I can, you know, we get different answers. But what I love about math and finance is it all adds up. Like one and one equals two. And I love that. So I'm like the opposite because the reason why I was getting stressed about my studying is, is in school I was very, like math was my subject. I was mm. My teacher said I was the best mathematician in school and I did it for A-levels as well. I got an A because it was my, it was like was a good subject, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas when I got to English, RE was actually the same for some reason but anything you had to do like essay-based or interpret something mm. and this is what I need to do on my course now is... Maybe not offer up opinions, but it was very, it's very literary, um, literary based. Mm. Is yeah, I was, I was not that way inclined to be fair. Mm. But yeah, so I've signed up for that. I have to really do some research on it. Um, it's not with Short Academy. Have you heard? We, no, <laughs> don't because some of these, like honestly, like I, at the beginning of the year, they're advertised everywhere, and me and Ed were doing different courses, and it is impossible, impossible, to break ties with them. Yeah, and it's interesting that we'll talk about like just um, online surveillance stuff in general because yeah. they keep your information and hound you mm-hmm. for more all the time. Yeah, yes, right. We later on we've got a guest on. Uh, so we've got a guest called Craig, and um, yeah, the company he works for have produced a report or a document mm. based on online surveillance and cybersecurity, and it's um, with specific reference to the LGBTQIA plus or queer. Or queer community, depending on which words you prefer to use. Um, and it is mad that mm. all these things just like hold all of your information. Yeah, things that we probably don't firsthand recognize here because it doesn't affect us in the same way as it does all these other people. I probably shouldn't have bought a Huawei laptop. You are doomed. And now I'm fucked. You're fucked. All of my money's gonna get taken. Who are you? All your identity's fucked. gone. Exactly. No one knows who I am. No. My identity's... It, there must be like some sort of film, I feel like, where someone's identity's gone and they walk around and no one knows who they are. But I can't think of what it is. Because that's not Minority Report. Although that's very Minority Report, isn't it? No. Have you ever seen Minority Report? What's the one where they think that you're about to commit an act? Oh, that is Minority Report, yeah. <laughs> so they... Yeah. yeah! Yeah, So you're not even a criminal yet. And they... Yeah, it is my Report. Thank you. I I, yeah, yeah. That it's is a good film. It's a good film. Um, Steven Spielberg. Tom Cruise. I, I like Tom Cruise. I really like Tom Cruise. I don't know... What was, it's not still Magnolia. Someone was talking about a film like when he was like a teenager or something that he was in. Like a serious, serious one before he was in all actions, but I can't think of what it was. 
Um, but there's that one, he's a bartender. Cocktail. That's really good. Mm. Rain Man. That's not him. He's a Rain Man, yeah. I thought it was like Sean Penn or something. No, it's, it's Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, who, who is Rain Man in it then? Don, Don, Tom Cruise is the, I, I don't know if they're brothers, I think they're, in my head I think they're brothers. Tom Cruise is the, sleets, the, the city slicker, like the really cool one. And he takes Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man, to the casino to count cards. So I've never actually seen Rain Man, but people always talk about it because it's like he's autistic, and isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, he's just like really, really smart. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's always like, oh, you go Rain Man on it. Yeah. Um, what other Tom Cruise films? Well, Jerry Maguire, obviously. Jerry Maguire. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. War of the Worlds. Never seen it. Oh, I like that. Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun's kids. I don't think I've not seen that in years. I feel like Top Gun's the kind of film that may be censored in some of the countries that we'll talk about in the report. Oh. Isn't it? Because there's so many sexy... Or they're the ones that they don't really censor, but they're the ones they probably should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it wasn't for that film, I'd be straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else I do this week? Is it weird? I... Like, let's get this right. So, there's a guy in my new office, and I've only seen there a couple of weeks. Well, a couple of... Yeah, about a week. Um... And he has the nicest shoes, these trainers. And I was like, I just love them. Like, they're so nice. So, the other day I was walking across the road from M&S, and he was out on his phone, or, like, texting. Um, and I said, I have to ask, where did you get your shoes from? Is that weird? No, why would it be weird? I don't know. I felt like I, I, I my gut was to apologise. He then said he got them some some surf shop surf shop down in Devon. And I'm like, oh fuck that. And he goes, but I'll take them off and you can take a photo of the label. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to. And he goes, no, no, it's fine. So he took his shoe off. Do you know what the brand was? Nike. Oh. Um, well, it must be available widely somewhere then. Well, I've looked <clears> from the are 130 quid. All of those trainers are like that though. Mm, well, there's one site they had on sale at 60 quid, but they didn't have my size. Because I got feet that are large. <laughs> um, and then I said, I made a joke. I think I, I think I flirted a bit. I was about to say, he sounds like he's someone who's fit and you've wanted to apologise, but actually, you say he's trainers, you want to fuck him. Uh, his, I was like, well, you're my size, I could just rob you. And he goes, you could, but now I know where you work. And I'm like, oh. And then he, <laughs> then I think he flirted back. Because, this is what he said, he goes, do you work with the, the company I work with? And I go, yeah, I do. He goes, I'm one of the editors this week. And I'm like, oh, cool. Um, it was, oh, we should go for a drink sometime. He said that to me. What did you say? I said, of course not. I'm not weird. I said, yeah, sure. Are you going to go on a drink with him? I don't know. He is fit there, obviously, isn't he? I mean, he is, yeah, I mean, he is. He's not. Mm. So, you know these trainers, right? Mm. I think he could be gay or like men because only gay men have a wedding ring on. who are like 35 plus mm. get these 130 pounds Nike running shoes mm. in bold colours now. Well, they were bold. Look, all gay men of a certain age now, mm. well, not all gay men, sorry. The ones that have those are gay men and there's just like people that are trying to be, they do two things. Mm. They get these Nike running, like knit, because they're, they're knit, aren't they? Whatever, like They're like material, isn't it? They're not leather. How do you know this? Because <laughs> he's gay. <Yeah. laughs> All gay men 
No, not all gay men, but gay men wear caps that they shouldn't wear. And these trainers that give them the impression of being young, but are expensive enough to be for someone who's a bit more mature. You know, they're expensive. You know, he doesn't have to worry about kids. Look at all of your friends. Yeah. Many of your friends in particular, I'd say, will have these kind of trainers. Do you not think? Mm. Um, yeah. He's definitely gay. They're always in bold colours. Some weird, like, purple or... Stop your eyes! <laughs> <laughs> these are my favourite colour, actually. That Like, a weird aqua colour that I like. I want to get them, but they're too expensive for me. Where are they? Apparently, they're really comfortable as well. That's them. They're really nice. Mm. They're exactly what I said. Yeah, exactly. They're slightly different. These are Air Maxes, though, because they've got that. Yeah. So they're not exactly the same. These are mixed between those those trainers and then those are Air Max. We don't need to oh. talk about it. No one can see the pictures. <laughs> oh, they're in this shop here for 84 euros. That's cheap. Um, But yeah. That trainer, she gay. <laughs> I'll tell this now. Well, then I have a date. <laughs> yes. Um. <gasps> That's what you said you were going to talk about today. You got a date this week. I didn't think I was going to talk about it in the podcast. Talk about the podcast. <laughs> I have a date, yeah. So, how did you meet? Well, quite aptly for the quite aptly uh, for the conversation we're bringing on with Craig later on. We met through an app. Scruff Hinge. Hinge are on the list of although they don't really talk about it in this report. No, they're quite Good apps. Yeah, they're quite yeah. They are mentioned in that report, but... As the, that yeah. thing, but only. Yeah. Um, that's good. What's his name? Where's he from? Uh, some of that information I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you his name on the podcast. <laughs> there are going to be plenty of Steve Harrys or... Let's just call him D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's Irish, but lives in London. Well, we're, I think we've probably said on the podcast before, but all the fit Irish people come here because when you go to Ireland, they're not hot. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I said it. I've done it. I did it. <laughs> and it's really upsetting. When I, The first time I went to Dublin, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm single. People from Dublin and London are always unbelievably fit. Mm. Went there. No one was fit. Not hot. There's some hotties in Dublin. I mean, obviously, like I'm generalising heavily, but mm. considering the number of hot Irish men here, mm. you think then proportionally it'll be the same there, but it's not the case. I would say a lot of the people that are hot in these countries are the streeter ones. Like, in my hometown, there's zero hot gay people, but all the street people are hot. I mean, in where you're from, it's all fluid, <laughs> to be fair. You um, never know which way, where they're coming from, who they do and what. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. And you don't have to. They don't have to. Uh, I also went to the cinema this week, which was a strange experience. Why was it strange? I was just I've not been in cinema in so long. When did they open? They opened a couple of weeks ago. So I have a Sydney World card and they're showing Lord of the Rings at the minute. Oh. So I went to watch the first one and then I'm going on Tuesday night this week and Wednesday night this week to see the second one and the third one. Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'll tell you why. This is why. I feel like you don't even like the films that much. Are you serious? Are you you're winding me up? They're my favourite films of all time. They're so dead, you know. No, they're not. How dare you? you the only time I did watch them, though, was because I was hungover as hell and I did... You fell asleep. Yeah. I was actually thinking, <clears throat> probably minus five minutes into the film, so too late, I should have dragged you to this. And you would have had to have watched it because it was on the big screen. 
you do not understand how well I can fall asleep at the cinema. You don't understand how well I can elbow somebody in the face. We need to be three seats apart. Not in the cinema. You're, you're already in my bubble. <laughs> well, three seats apart. Well, So your date's at the cinema then? No, no, no. Oh. I think you should have taken me because I need some help to stay awake and enjoy the film. And, well, the only thing is, is which you won't like, for films like that and most films in general, the reason why I mostly only watch rom-coms or don't watch films at all is because I lose track very easily of plots. So if we're watching Lord of the Rings, I'll have to ask you questions. There only is one plot in Lord of the Rings. No, there's two. What's the two plots? Aragorn and his hole and the Fellowship, and then um, Frodo and Sam. No. So the one plot is the Fellowship, and it's how they come together to destroy the Ring of Power. Now, at one point, little Pippin and Merry get kidnapped. Aragorn realises that the power of the ring is going to corrupt everyone. So let's Frodo and Sam go off by themselves. And he says, we can't abandon our fellowship. So we will go save Merry and Pippin. And they go, <laughs> elbow, 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 elbow. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Like the, the books and the films are so slow. Even the way you described it, you lost all passion. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're long. They're just too much. They're so good. I would like to give it another go, especially because I've not watched, I was too hungover and I slept for a lot of the, mm. them. But no, they're not great. I watched a rom-com last night, which was... He's just not that into you. And it serves some very real-life lessons. Like? He's just not that into you. The guy with the trainers? He's probably into you. Well, what it also made me question is signs. Because that per... The girl... When's the last time you watched that film? A long time ago. Right. The her heroine in that film. Heroine. What's her name? Gigi. Oh. Gigi in that film played by somebody whose name I should know because she's also Snow White in Once Upon a Time she's the ginger one no no um, she is just turmoil with regards to the sign she picks up the sign she doesn't and then she has Justin Long come along and he's like no he's just not that into you no but he might no no he's just not into you if a guy wants to date you he'll make it happen 100%. I agree. And then there's idiots out there like me. He's like, well, maybe he's just lost his phone. If someone wants to, they will. If they don't, then they won't. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you just know that, into you? Mm -hmm. It's a simple line. We'll find out. We'll find out next week what happens on Ashley's <laughs> Times. Um, should we introduce Craig? Yeah. So Craig's arriving any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> when is he going to show up? He's late. He wasn't late. He was. He was actually on time. He was early. Well, he said he'd be here at 12, 11. Then messaged him half an hour, and I was like, okay. We have another fifteen minutes or quarter past. And then arrived at eleven with a big sweaty ass. A big sweaty ass. <laughs> we didn't sweaty mess. Yeah, we, we've already recorded the part with Craig. Um, we're going to edit in now, but we didn't talk about his big sweaty ass. All right. So here's our lovely interview about uh, online surveillance and censorship and discrimination for the LGBTQI plus. Queer community worldwide. All right, guys. Bye. No. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy.
All right, so now we have Craig on our show. Hello, Craig. Hi, Mark. And Ash. He's here too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. He's always got eyes for me, that's why. <laughs> what? I said Craig. Craig has eyes for me. Oh, okay. Um, so, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks for making your return to the podcast, Craig. Yeah, I've been mentioned on this podcast once before, haven't I? I don't think so. I don't remember. I think you remember. I may have I've learned a lesson. Okay. I've learned a lesson. <laughs> you know, I'm growing as a human being. Um but way back when I don't know when it would have been, but it was been after, together with Mike for a while. Union, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was last just June. I may have outed. We, we all remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig's relationship at the time. And if this is way back when, I don't know what episode it would be on, but Ashley's like, Matt, maybe you shouldn't say their name. And I was like, no, they never listen. They'll never know. And then like within like a day, I got a message. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what have you done? <laughs> but yeah, I know. Um, so, Craig, why don't you tell us about yourself, what you do and why are you here? Sure. So I'm Craig. Um, I play rugby with the King's Cross Steelers, which is where I met Matt and Ash. Um, and I work for a company called Recorded Future, which is a security intelligence company. Um, so we do a variety of things, uh, basically helping organizations become more secure and prevent cyber attacks uh, worldwide. And that also involves working alongside our INSIT group, which is our research team, um, into kind of nation state sponsored and, and criminal campaigns as well uh, online. Um, and at work, I co-founded an employee resource group called Outer RF, which is an LGBTQIA plus uh, ERG, uh, employee resource group. And during Pride Month, we decided to do a report on threats to the queer community um, over the past kind of several years. You've only been at that job for a short while and you co-founded this group. So people. I joined in December 2018. Um, and then I was a consultant for a year, and then now I manage a team of consultants in Europe. Um, but just through kind of meeting different people in the company, uh, we decided to, instead of just kind of doing pride parades, to actually set up a formal employee resource group. And it's gone really well so far. What kind of things... So we're going to talk about this article, or in particular, it's like document. What is the title of it, actually? I don't actually know the full name of the title of it. <laughs> Online surveillance, censorship, and discrimination for LGBTQIA plus community worldwide. Uh, but I tend to use the word queer as like an all-encompassing term instead, mainly because LGBTQIA plus is quite a mouthful. Yeah. So it just flows better to say queer too. Yeah. I, um, I went to an event as well, like I've spoken about it before, but because um, there's another acronym called QTIPOC um, that runs alongside it. So And it's not the same because it's queer, trans, intersex, people of colour. And I was like... I, I think queer is okay to use, but I was talking to our friends Jordan just yesterday, and a few people don't like that word. Have you had anyone at work or? Uh, so I think everyone in RERG is pretty likes the likes the term queer, um, mainly because it is all encompassing. Mm. So you don't need to kind of choose a letter, and also uh, we we had to talk about it internally as well, and historically you'd have like trans people that would fight for the rights of gay white men. And then kind of, we kind of got a bit more equality, a few more rights. And then the kind of G part of LGBTQIA plus almost forgot the other letters. <laughs> so by calling ourselves like the queer community, it's the queer community that still like, isn't on equal standing with uh, heterosexuals. So I find it's a more kind of 
a community approach to the queer movement? Because I never liked the word queer, and it's grown on me. Because we talked about it before, and I was like, I don't like it. But I actually, yeah, it's grown on me a lot more. I mean, this is definitely going off topic, but like, um, because they're like a, there are like a, a group of I'd say like, um, like homosexuals who believe that like trans is very different and stuff. So there's like I, I came across this group on Twitter um, a couple of months ago that was just an LGB group because they wouldn't want to use queer or LGBTQIA+, because they see themselves as different. And so they actively work to disassociate with any other aspect of queer society. I find that so bad. I honestly find that really, really disgusting. Um, again, because like the early days of the gay rights movement, like trans people were involved, like fighting for gay rights, lesbian rights, bisexual rights. And then to just kind of disown the like T letter from mm. the community, I think it's shameful. Shameful. Um, yeah, I honestly think it's shameful. How do you think about it? Because I don't know if I, I... I'm definitely against it. Like, I, I feel like all marginalised groups, especially because um, trans people would have fought on our behalf. So, especially if you talk about, like, um, like cisgender white gay people in particular, mm. it, there is a hierarchy of, like, um, what's acceptable and what's not. And for the many people, you know, I'm not white, you are white, so at least you can pass as a white straight male in some way yeah. if you're walking in the streets so but you have more allowances potentially so yeah i think it's it doesn't make sense to me why you would want to separate it because you should fight for those other marginalized groups to be fair i'm, I'm with i'm with craig <clears throat> i want to quote jack nicholson a few good men or try and quote jack nicholson a few good men where he says it's disrespectful to sleep under the blanket of protection given to you by other people but then like hit the way that was given to you i yeah. totally messed that up I might watch that film. I think it was good. It was, yeah, no, it was a good. Does it, it make, does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, if it wasn't for these people who you know don't want to associate with, you wouldn't be able to do what you want to do. Mm. Especially even because we'll talk about, like, the article and stuff, but we in this country and, you know, Western society have a lot of allowances. We can do many different things. Being in London, we can do it, but um, the article talks about different countries, different continents mm. that still won't allow just gay people to be who they want to be or love who they want to love. Um, yeah. Which so it's not the job isn't done. We live under protection, mm. but not everybody does. Um, well, I think I was reading the article it made me just realize how much I take for granted as well. Like it's scary. Um. So can you tell us a little bit about just the piece of work as a whole? Yeah, so it started off with our Outer RF employee resource group talking to the Insight group, our research team, um, on doing a joint research piece for Pride Month. And we've come up with loads of different ideas on what we might want to do. Um, and three of those ideas uh, was to look at the data security of different dating apps commonly used by the LGBTQI plus community. Um, and that includes apps like Tinder as well that straight people always use. The yeah. second... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The second section was uh, looking at kind of online chatter on the dark web about these dating gaps, um, particularly around data leaks there. And then the third section, which is a section I worked on, was around the international targeting, surveillance and censorship of the queer community on a global scale. So we didn't look at every single country worldwide because there wasn't enough time during Pride Month. But we did try to take uh, kind of a broad view looking at different continents um, like Africa, like Eastern Europe and Russia. Um, like Latin America and Middle East as well. Is there an opportunity to extend the report and bring in the other countries at some point? So we're definitely going to do one next year as well. 
um, we all found this a really valuable piece of work mm. and it was nice to see the finished product as well. I think we might do something slightly different next year. We're still trying to get ideas. Um, we asked the rest of the company when we presented the report to everyone else in the company for any ideas that they had. So we do have a, a working list. Um, but if there was kind of a country of particular interest, maybe looking in the mirror and seeing what queer rights are like in the US and the UK, that might be something worth, worth looking into as well. Mm. Yeah, because I do think, I mean, it might not be to the same level, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the countries, but there may be pockets or areas within um, North America or, um, I don't know what the term is, I'll say Western Europe, but in uh, um, Central Europe, where maybe some of these behaviours work, but on a smaller scale, because um, in the article it talks about Latin America and a lot of the targeting isn't really contributed or driven by like the government or like state-run, whereas... There are some places in Europe, it seems to be that Europe, Asia and Africa that are literally led by the countries. What are some of those countries? Uh, so one of the countries I looked at, and this is particularly prominent with them, um, is Egypt. So the Egyptian regime. In 2013, President al-Sisi became president after helping to overthrow the, the previous uh, Islamist president. And he basically had to prove to a strictly conservative country uh, that he was still conservative and going to uphold conservative rights. Um, at the time, I think a poll showed that 93, I think it was, percentage of, uh, of the population viewed homosexual acts as unacceptable in society. Um, and as someone that has just got into power and needs to kind of prove that they're going to uphold conservative views uh, and gain popularity, he immediately cracked down on the queer community and continued to do so over the past several years. Um, and in 2017, that's kind of one of the events that I covered where President al-Sisi and his regime particularly started cracking down on the queer community in one of the more recent times. Yeah, they said... Um, so you wrote that there was a concert. You said in, by mid-October, there was a report that over 60 men and women had been arrested under various laws against debauchery and promoting sexual deviancy. So the funny thing is that in Egypt, homosexual acts, or same-sex sexual acts, I should say, um, are not actually illegal. Um, there is no law banning homosexuality, but there are laws banning uh, kind of debauchery and also prostitution. So they would arrest a lot of queer people under these like older laws. Um, and the Egyptian regime's a bit of a strange one where they used a combination of tactics, which included... Uh, the police using dating apps like Grinder to then lure members of the queer community uh, and then entrap them mm. and then arrest them. Um, and they used a variety of different techniques as well, including social media, impersonating uh, a queer organization's Facebook page to try and kind of lure people into liking the page and uncover who they are as well. And uh, potentially some more advanced uh, technological approaches uh, like deep pocket inspection to monitor for communications amongst the queer community too. I was reading that. So what is DPI or deep packing? Deep packet inspection. Packet inspection. Uh, so when you kind of send messages over the internet, they're sent in packets. Uh, a deep packet inspection basically allows you to read the body of the message. Um, so it won't really work. There are some limitations if you're using like WhatsApp where it's end-to-end -end encrypted. But if you're sending like an email or something like that, Deep packet inspection lets you read the body of the message. Um, so it can be used to track where messages are being sent from and to who, who's connecting to different services, different websites. Um, so it's used by countries like Egypt, like Russia, 
um, to crack down on certain communities that they see as threats to the government and to the regimes. That is outrageous. Truly. And these are like state-run activities, potentially. Yeah, so these are... I'm sure like a lot of states do this for security reasons, so to crack down on terrorism and things like that, um, and like bad crimes, um, which there's more of an argument in favour of that sort of kind of monitoring and surveillance for. Some people disagree, some people agree. Um, but then these states like Russia and like Egypt view same-sex sexual acts as a security threat. They see it as a threat to their society and their civilization. So therefore, it should be kind of surveilled and targeted, just like terrorism should be as well. Or at least that's the impression I get from it. That's uh, mad. There's, um, so one of the surveillance things, and this is for Egypt, actually. And so some of the words that they use, they said, um, so the Interior Ministry's examples of destructive ideas. Um, blasphemy and skepticism in religion. Regional, religious, racial and class divisions. But then it says sarcasm. <laughs> is destructive behaviour. I mean, they're accurate. It can be, <laughs> but, like, illegal or against, like, the moral stance of a country, I'm like, okay, or, like, a nation. Some That's people outrageous. just do not get sarcasm. Like, the Canadians, they just don't get it. They don't. They don't get it. They think it's too serious, but mm. they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't even have sarcasm. They have to say, what is sarcasm? You should check that on your research, see if Canadians know what sarcasm is. We should. Um... Looseness. What is looseness? looseness? <laughs> I was like sitting there like, I'll make sense. What the fuck is looseness? I describe some friends as loose. I thought you say Matt's a bit loose. She had two years of looseness, <laughs> but now I'm not. I'm very tight. Yeah. I squat Just, a lot. So do you squat a lot? Getting tighter. <laughs> I know. We have many loose friends within the Steelers. So, some of who listen to the podcast, who I now learned I should not say. <laughs> on the podcast. Who are, they? <laughs> <laughs> Who are their names? Um, I do worry about the podcast sometimes. Do you ever think about that? Like, well, like, but I do. Like, because, you know, we learn, we change. And I don't know what I said yesterday or last episode. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh my God. Say so if this, like, comes out in a country where, like, someone in, like, Ghana or Nigeria listens to our podcast, because they probably will at some point. Well, we are in some, we do get listened to in some countries that are... On this, on these lists. On these lists, Yeah. When I was in Indonesia, actually, I remember going there because after Sydney, we were traveling around and I was away, we were away for like four weeks. Mm. So I had to obviously look after myself at some point in the evenings, maybe some mornings. And I was not able to access the materials that I wanted to get onto. There was literally a block. It was all in, um, I don't know what language they speak in Indonesia, but I imagine there are, I have no idea. I can't even guess, but I couldn't read it or understand it. Um, which is a shame. Mm. Do you think, like, people, tourists, for example, so say if I or we go to some of these countries and access sites, are we, I don't know if you can answer this or not, at the same potential risks as maybe some of the people that are being targeted that are from these nations? I think that's is a complex question because, on the one hand, when you have kind of countries... Um, they're inviting tourists from Western nations and nations that are kind of pro LGBTQIA+. Um, it could cause like a diplomatic outrage if they were to arrest someone from the West. So there is like a degree of protection there from us. But at the same time, um, if we ignore the state for a second, if you go to one of these countries where it is illegal to be queer, um, 
and then you have criminals that are literally going on grinder to lure people into a meeting and then mugging them or mm. like stealing from them extorting them uh, and that happens in countries like Uganda, like Nigeria, but even in like South Africa. And this is only, I only mention Africa here because that's the section I did. It happens around the world as well. Mm. I'm sure it probably happens like in kind of Europe to a degree and the US to a degree. Well, what, what's on? I was going to say that happens here. Well, so I hooked up with a guy last year and some may describe him as loose because he said earlier that week, and it's happened to him three times. Um, but he was describing it when I was there. I went over, just looked up, whatever, like, you know. Um, then we ended up chatting for a while. <clears throat> and he was like, he took out his phone from like some place, he'd hidden it. He put his, you know, because we'd been t- sitting there for like an hour or whatever, just chatting away, seemed to enjoy his company. So I guess he trusted me more. And then I was like, why is your phone down there? And he was like, oh, only last week someone robbed me. So he hooked up with them, went to the toilet. Then he came out and then his door and the front door was open and the person was gone with his belongings, like his phone, wallet, and I think like a watch or something. Wow. I always say the killers are everywhere. It's true. They are. It's true. No. There was that one time, I think, maybe Grinder had just come out? When did Grinder come out? Does anyone know? Grinder came out whenever I was in my relationship with Ben because I never got to experience it until after I broke up. Okay. You can do it in relationships now, I hear. A lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, actually, this wasn't a, a hookup on the internet. This was real life, where the guy hooked up with somebody and then killed him and started eating his skin, eating him. It was Another a mis- one in London. It was Leeds, Mr. Gay. It was the first ever Mr. Gay UK, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole TV show, like Don't Fuck With Cats, is like exactly oh that. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah. yeah, that's so gross. The show's really well made, though. That is really good. And <laughs> it made me think of this, actually. Um, but that's exactly what happens, isn't it? Like, yeah. this guy's targeting, he targeted someone, lured him with drugs and sex, and then killed him. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? It's quite interesting that you said in, like, South Africa and then in Nigeria and Ghana. So these people are getting targeted, not by the state, but by criminals in general who may have their own beliefs or think that people are just vulnerable. Because in this country in, in and in London, we can go and meet people openly and not feel like we need to hide who we are so we mm. in some respects we might be a bit more loose but there are literally people we see we've seen outside that we might then see on an app mm. and then it might give you a, a certain sense of trust that they may or may not kill you although we never truly know really <laughs> but in nigeria ghana south africa and other places they have to work really covertly to try and organize these meetups yeah and it's tricky because one of the recommendations we make in the report is that you should try to confirm someone's identity before meeting them, meet them in a public place, tell a trusted friend where you're going. But obviously, if you're in one of these countries where it's not just kind of illegal to be queer, but also there's like a societal pressure, maybe your family don't know, maybe your friends don't know, maybe you are just kind of completely closeted, then you kind of don't have a friend to tell where you're meeting. Maybe mm. you're kind of shy about meeting in a public place. And also, if you're on a dating app like Grindr, and you're like, oh, like, please, like, prove who you are first. They'll be like, oh, no, like, I'm closeted as well. Mm. And then you might build some sort of relationship there where you're like, okay, it's completely fine because they can't come out because they're worried just like I am. And then that could be a criminal on the other side. So it is really hard for these people um, that are put in that sort of situation. Uh, and one of the kind of differences are highlighted in the report between South Africa versus Nigeria is that in South Africa, if this happens to you, if you're targeted and you're extorted, 
you report this to the police and you hope that the police take it seriously and that they investigate the crime that's happened. Whereas if you report this in Nigeria, you're the one that's committing the crime and then you could be put to death for it as well, um, which is insane. So yeah, it's very tricky for people. It's by criminalizing same-sex sexual acts and being queer, you're aiding criminals and you're encouraging criminal behavior uh, against the community. Same as the, um, as mentioned in the report as well, the Russian, was it the Propaganda Act or what was that? That one's quite well known though, isn't it? I think a yeah. lot of people have heard about it recently. Um, yeah. But that type, because it was put down, it sort of incited a lot more sort of people in the streets being a bit more anti-gay and a lot more just everyone just feeling like they had the power to beat up people, which was bad. Yeah. Also around that, which was quite interesting is, was the European Committee Council, somebody, had reviewed that and said like this, this law that you've now passed has zero beneficial benefits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still hungover, I think. Well, so, I guess, and it mentions it here, but recently on BBC it was talking about how Poland's had might like... Um, yeah, Poland's, yeah. Is like one of the most prominent, might be the right words, because it's definitely not new, <clears throat> um, but with a new government or um, a new president in place, prime minister? Person in power. Um... His new stance is to really crack down on, on just LGBTQ or just queer like behaviours and propaganda in general. Did you see the picture of the women MPs that were all wearing different colour dresses to make the bride flag yeah. outside the parliament building? That was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's a great demonstration of intersectionality, right? Like women fighting for queer rights as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, I thought it was really powerful. Because um, uh, inter intersectionality is one of the things that I guess we kind of alluded to, but it's like the idea that as a black gay man, I'm now doubling down on like um, being too like affected or minorities or whatever you want to call it. Whereas I guess, you know, if you're a white gay man, then you've only got one of the list of categories that yeah. might put you a differentiate from like other people. Um, but... It was talking about the laws in like Africa and stuff are really based around um, the behaviours like British colonising um, like laws and what's the word? So like colonial laws? Yeah. Yeah. So Britain invaded Africa, made an empire, messed things up completely, stole all the resources and then also implemented these laws banning same-sex sexual acts and a lot of those laws are still in place in a lot of African countries. Um in fact, there's kind of a direct correlation between countries in Africa that were ruled by the Brits um, and that still criminalise same-sex sexual acts. Uh, and the, the, the strange thing is that a lot of countries in Africa view being queer and homosexuality as un-African. Um, and that's not true because the laws that are banning homosexuality were British. They're colonial laws, but they just haven't been repealed. Um, and I, I did a dissertation in university on how the state encouraged homophobia in the UK um, and kind of how the government basically had to take the, the leading role in changing behaviours. So the Wolfenden report, which was the report that led to the decriminalisation of homosexuality, it was only after that report that public opinion really started to change. So when you were saying before, Matt, about these countries um, like Russia that are banning homosexuality and talking about homosexuality in public places that does encourage homophobia 
So the state really needs to kind of take the lead and encourage their um, population to realize that it's it's not a threat. It's not an African, it's not an external threat from the West. It's just people being who they are. It definitely is like led by, because people may or may not know, especially in these countries, but even mm. here, you don't know necessarily if someone isn't straight, cisgender potentially. And I think this is where like being trans is really difficult because if you identify as um, the opposite sex, for example, but you may not have some of the natural features of someone who was cisgender, mm. you may not be able to assimilate within like the rest of the world, but still needs to fight the battle of trying to be who you are. And basically what I mean is, is if you're like six foot seven, um, uh, maybe was assigned male at birth, and then um, identify as a female, it's gonna be very difficult for you to be able to then um, pass, for a better word, um, and then you'll be like the target of a lot of situations. And to be fair, when you look at like things like, honestly, like RuPaul's Drag Race, Pose, for example, um, there's still a certain element, in my opinion, that those that are more acceptable are the ones that still fit in to a certain criteria. Um, so there's still like things even within our own society and environment that we probably need to be aware of that yeah. not everybody is going to be like five foot three and really like pass and be you know deemed as beautiful as a female you know mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think it's related to what you said before as well like as a white gay man i can pass as straight nobody like would ever need to know that i'm gay and there i think it's so important to use that privilege i have there to kind of help raise awareness about kind of the rest of the queer community that's kind of facing oppression like the transgender people within our community as well which is again why i think it's shameful that some people kind of ignore the trans part of the queer community um because they can pass and they are more acceptable in society so we've done our fights mm. so let's mm. do theirs i think it's wrong no i do I agree. well the irony is they didn't even do their fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> they just take what's handed to them and then keep back from everyone else um, let's talk about some apps, okay? Yeah, because the report also covers apps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what can you say about some of the apps that are being used at the moment? So, we looked into uh, a few different apps. Um, we looked into Tinder, OkCupid, Grinder, Scruff, and Her. Um, so, these are apps that are like quite commonly used by the queer community. And we found that there's a lot of data security issues with these apps. Like a lot of them are collecting a lot more data than they need to be collecting. Mm. And then some of them are owned by companies like Grindr is owned by a company based in China. And China has a law, you're probably hearing about it more now with that uh, TikTok app, mm. um, where if the Chinese state wants to access data of a Chinese company, then they have to access that data. So you can imagine like queer people I don't know if the Chinese government wants to target one of them, they could access the databases of Grindr and, and see what they could do there. Well, this is like part of the problem with... Um, so I'm, I've, I just bought a Huawei um, laptop and I've got a Huawei phone. Because mm. I was like, well, I already have the phone. And I think, I feel, that regardless of what you use nowadays, everything is there already. Because we might think that some of these targeting things are happening in other countries based on terrorism. but Or, you know, they deem quiz queer behaviour as um, a national threat, security threat. But I believe the um, that that happens here 
even with our phones and stuff, everything, everything we have is already out there, unless I'm wrong. I just, I just seem to think that when I speak and like Facebook hears what I'm saying and then gives me an advert for it, that we're already being monitored anyway. So that's just me and what's the word beginning with C? When people make no, people make up stuff, or they get they go a bit like crazy and think it's um conspiracy. A, a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> There's in me like yeah. But anyway. We've done small research on Huawei, but I won't talk about that. Uh oh. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. It might still be this warranty period. <laughs> you in trouble, girl? I am. Mm. Oh, shit. Well, look. Thanks to Ed, I stopped sending dick pics out <laughs> to other people apart from him. <laughs> so I trust good old American Apple. It's too expensive. Worth it, though, for like not coming to kill you through the front door. Can Apple kill you, Craig? I can't answer that question. I have no idea. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say I can answer that question. It's confidential. I was like, oh! <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> Step away from the mat. She's like, interview's over. <laughs> Surveillance team. I know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, the apps. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so, so some more of them, like a grinder again. Um, and I'm just kind of singling out Grinder here because it's the one that I used to use when I was single. But you can read the reports, read more about those as well. So you're in a relationship now with the guy that Matt added, added you with on the podcast. Yes, we're still um, together. All of your fans will be thrilled to hear. I mean, so don't say dis. I was going to say it's not despite it. I'd say, you know, I added I a level. Despite. I'm just saying, I added a <laughs> level of a common enemy to bring them closer together. I think, but I, I think I had a hand. In helping this relationship form. Maybe because you exposed it so quickly, the pressure was on you two to make it work. And you owe your relationship now to Matt. I think you owe it to me. Maybe. He needs so to give the best speech at your wedding. You better start writing now. Given the way that I speak in general, which I think is quite entertaining, I'm really nervous about someone asking me to give a best man speech. Or like a speech at a wedding or something. See, if somebody asked me best man, I'd say no. If Why? I don't want that pressure. It's not bad. It's it's like you're in the you're in the room and everyone's on your side, right? That's what they say about best man speeches. Even if you make a crappy joke, everyone's gonna laugh. Unless it's like truly dreadful. And then they all bitch yeah, about yeah. it afterwards, but was you know best man speech. Ooh. <laughs> Crash and burn. Well I went to my cousin's wedding like when I was eighteen or nineteen and the best man gave a speech. Um it went on for over an hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> He had a bag full of like prepared jokes, but it was so rehearsed and prepared that it was just it just didn't flow. And my mum is a very light drinker, so she was like, she had um, two pims before we started, and then a glass of champagne, and then it went on. Then she put her feet up on the uh, chair just to relax, and was like, "This is too much." Then she gets up in the middle and she goes, "I'm done." She's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to my bedroom and just walked out in the middle of the actual <laughs> speech. I'm not even joking. And if you met my mum, you'd believe that that actually genuinely happened. So we hate Grinder. So with with dating gaps, you can obviously have multiple. I think you just need to be aware of the risks. So Grinder did share or sell data to other companies, which included HIV status, for example. Um, and it's only recently that Grinders decided to remove the um, like one of the characteristics of your profile in terms of like whether you're black or white or whatever. Mm. Um, and I think that's a good idea how kind of pressure from users can make gap change. So mm. if you are worried about data security and your data being shared with all of these different companies, um, then tell Grindr, stop paying for Grindr. Mm. Um, maybe look at an app like Scruff, which is being very proactive in securing your data 
and is really going the extra mile um, to make sure that your data is confidential. I mean, I guess that's slightly difficult because these apps are tailored to certain types True. of people because people that are on Grindr may not have even heard of Scruff, actually. But they're like young people that are like 19, 20 years old. They're like, I thought you yeah. said I've never even heard of Scruff, actually. I'm like, what? No, not, no actually, not oh. actually. Oh. Obviously, you have. You are have. very <laughs> prominent. He's got like, he's one of the people that get hundreds of messages on Scruff. I don't get hundreds of messages on Scruff. A hundred, then. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. That's good. You'll be safe. You know that people aren't going to target you. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't reply to messages. I don't chat to anyone. I don't send out data. I don't know if either of us, any of us can answer this question, but is it quite normal for apps in general to collect data and potentially sell it on as well as in these um, queer like dating apps? Yeah, I think all apps, regardless of whether they're dating apps or um, targeted to the queer community, do try to collect user data. Um, like data is the new oil, is the saying. Like they, mm. Apps like Facebook, it's free because they're collecting a bunch of data which they can then use and sell, um, things like that, and that's how they make their money. So apps like Grindr that are free, and even when you have to pay for it, as well as these other dating apps, that is kind of a large part of how they make their money, which is why sometimes it can be good to pay subscriptions because then they might be, they might treat your data differently. Um, but yeah, apps do tend to try and collect personal user data. But the issue here is that the data they're collecting can put people at risk um, in terms of their safety. They can do. So depending on what country you're in, uh, certain governments could access that data. Um, but also with apps like Grindr as well, as you know, when you're on Grindr and it says the nearest person's 30 centimetres away or the nearest Ooh, person's... Minus like... six inches. <laughs> <laughs> you're being generous. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas apps like Scruff will randomise your location data as well. So there's an instance in Morocco uh, that I wrote about, which is a social media influence, influencer who was Moroccan but was living in Turkey told loads of people in Morocco, loads of women, uh, so wives and sisters, I think she said, um, to download Grindr and see who was gay near them. Oh. Because it seemed to be like, when you read that, the transgender person did that, said that, but it seems to have a negative um, result. I think, so, there, there were conflicting reports on <clears throat> the person's motives for doing this, doing this outing campaign, whether it was try to combat... Uh, the view that gay people don't exist in Morocco or whether it was actually due to um, maybe transphobia by gay people um, within Morocco. So there's kind of conflicting reports about why the transgender person did it. Um, but essentially this led to women downloading Grindr, realising that their uh, kind of nearest person on Grindr was 10 metres away in the same household and then someone being outed. Um, and people got kicked out of their homes for that. I think at least one person died, uh, I wrote in the report. Uh, and people were living in fear because they were worried about being outed by their family. Um, whereas apps like Scruff, they randomise your location data so that you can't pinpoint where someone is. What do you mean? So whereas Grindr says like someone's within 10 metres away, mm. uh, Scruff might say like they're in like this general vicinity or they'll give like oh, less than 100 meters or yeah yeah right, or, okay. or maybe kind of more vague than that as well just kind of within two kilometers something but you like don't that. know which direction for example if you move away or two and it doesn't like pinpoint they don't still store your like 
pinpointed location, actual location. Even though they'll store like the general area. Right. Okay. Because like, um, and it, uh, one thing it said in there as well in the reports is that in areas scrap in particular where it randomizes your location, it also takes into consideration um, the distance between those in those areas. So in London, because mm. within one, you know, fifty people everyone's going to be within one kilometre, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Whereas you go to the countryside, uh, my housemate, our friend, mm. he was in the middle of one of the countries no and he said way. the next person was like four to six kilometres away. The next mm. person. So then they take that into account when they randomise it, which is quite smart. Yeah, it's quite smart. Um, but the idea that people are then selling this data, and so in China then, if they were there, for example, and had Grinder, then the government would be able to access that information and use it for some purposes, potentially. They could access the data. Um, I think a national security advisor in the US had raised some alarm bells uh, about the threat of that. It's, it's similar to TikTok. Like if you've got a US spy, for example, uh, who's using Grindr, and then China can kind of access the data on Grindr about them and maybe, I don't know, access the nudes they've been saying to someone and then use that to extort them. Or maybe they're not out at work and, and mm. use that to extort them. It, it's got that sort of kind of threats. But that's that's a kind of unique case, right? Like that's probably, I don't know if it's ever happened. It's probably very rare if it does happen. Um, but it's still a concern that these governments have access to our data. And it's the same with Russia as well. They made Tinder store Tinder's data on Russian accessible servers as well, where Russia can then access them if need be. Um, so it's not just one country doing this. So there are some apps that are doing things. It said like Hinge, for example, which is quite a new one, um, are trying to like help protect things by like removing the data as soon as someone deletes the app. Whereas in some of these apps, they have the data beyond you using it. Yeah, I reasons. think hers. Hers, yes, yeah, yeah. Right. that was yeah. Even if you delete your thing, they can still sell your data on. I think their yeah their terms of conditions or whatever it was terms of service said something along those lines mm. like even if you delete your account we keep all of the stuff that you posted because I think it is more like a social app as opposed to just kind of one on one messaging because mm. um, there's blogs and stuff as well I think it said that does it can do articles and stuff mm. so. but realistically like who reads the terms of service when they download a dating app or the privacy policy either like nobody reads that. But, but in those situations, and it's much like things like, well, it's not necessarily the same, but like GDPR rules and things like that now that we have here, anything about like guidance and regulations about mm -hmm. your storage, you either accept it and can use the um, system or you don't accept it, then you can't. Do you, do you ever, do you guys watch South Park? I've watched it before, yeah. Do you ever, it's the episode where Kyle doesn't read the terms and conditions for Apple No. and they kidnap him and they say, oh, you signed, you agreed the terms and conditions. And he's like, nobody reads them. And like, apparently everyone else reads these terms and conditions, like it's 20 pages. And he signed up to be a test subject for the new iPad. It's the human sent iPad. <laughs> it's, a, it's an iPad that can walk with you. <laughs> he's the middle part of the human sent iPad. That's just so funny. <laughs> Do you want the vanilla pudding or the scuttlefish? Vanilla pudding. Okay, scuttlefish it is. And <laughs> it goes through the system, obviously, in human sent iPad. It's funny. That's it, you don't know, like, you don't know what you're signing up for in a lot of these situations, especially, like, I feel like maybe in some of these countries, there's a certain level of desperation. I don't know if desperate is the right word, but, like, like intensity, because, again, we can pick and choose as and when we interact with people of the same sex, really when we want to. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't have this urgency, sense of urgency um, and stress levels, whereas in these countries... You might sign up something if it sounds like a great opportunity, 
um, and then potentially put yourself at risk using these apps, um, which is horrible. Like to not have like pictures, um, you know, people are actually going out of their way to target you. It said in Latin America, for example, um, although it has some of the most progressive changes in terms of queer rights, um, a lot of the, I guess, homophobic behaviour is actually just done by on, on floor level, you know, like mm. by people and criminals who just fundamentally um, don't believe in the existence um, of same-sex people or trans people or anyone in queer society. Um, in your opinion, or just from what you said, are there many differences between the different areas or continents? So one thing, there were some similarities across the different regions, continents. Um, state surveillance and state targeting of the queer community in different areas, like the Middle East, like Africa, like China, like Russia, um, quite common. And also those governments working with private sector surveillance organisations to then help spy on their own citizens and specifically target the queer community uh, in some instances. There was also the entrapment by law enforcement. That's quite a common method um, around the world. Also the criminal entrapment, criminal targeting of the queer community. And then also uh, censorship. In a lot of these countries, they will censor any queer material online. Um, and that's... The idea behind that, I think is to deny the existence of queer people. So then if you have a kid who's watching TV and never sees a queer person on TV, can't access any material online, which mm. proves that queer people exist, they will kind of think that they're different and think that something's wrong with them and maybe will try and force themselves to be straight. Like I remember being young and I was sat in the living room with my parents and I think like one of my brothers was in the room and we were watching Coronation Street and it was the first time in like UK history that there was like a gay kiss on TV. <gasps> Todd kissed Nick. I rem- yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember it. I watched it with my mum and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember watching that and I was like, oh, wow. Like other people are like this too. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of slyly like looking around at like my parents to see the reaction. Um, and I think one person made a comment or something. But it was the fact that I saw it, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, like, what I feel, like, that I'm attracted to guys, is, it's not just me. So, these countries that are removing queer content, that are arresting people that are kind of uh, being queer in public spaces or being queer in online spaces, um, I think the reason is to deny the existence of the queer community so that they can try and ignore the issue and prevent, try and prevent people from becoming queer, but actually it's trying to force people to be straight. It also reinforces homophobia as well because if people aren't seeing that and they go out and maybe travel and see it in a different country, they'll probably be repulsed by it because they're just not so used to it. Mm. I mean, again, it's happening here in this country, so only within the past couple of weeks, I want to say, there was for the first time two young people, two females um, on a TV show that had kissed and they were teenagers, so they were like 12 or 13. So there's a lesbian kiss with kids on television. And no, like to look into it more, think about it a bit more, you know, you need to think about whether... Because on TV shows, they've had boys and girls kiss at the same age is the difference. So it's either they don't have anyone kiss or they probably should kiss. And my natural inclination is to say, like, I think it's acceptable to have two young women 
if other people are kissing on TV, two kiss. It wasn't a snog. They weren't lips in. They weren't like mm. tongues and shit. It was a, you know, like <laughs> they just, they kiss. But that in this country has already caused, you know, people to complain about the fact that this is happening on television now. Um, but there will be young lesbians and young gay men mm. um, kissing in real life. Mm. Um, potentially experimenting or trying things out or actually just, you know, it's the only opportunity they might have to experience these things. Mm. Um because you, you're you're queer before you're 18. You know what I mean? You're, you need to have that sort of relevance and the assurance that it's okay to be you at a younger age. And if you're just growing up watching like, this Biker Grove storm, like, Biker Grove, where it's just <laughs> boys and girls kissing. Trace, Biker, I don't know. Biker Grove is the one. I never watched that show. I, get it. I don't think it was good. But it had Ant and Deck in it, right? Yeah, I remember Deck got, Andrew Deck got blinded. I can't see. I said in China, they in, only in 2018 did they ban the or they censored the game The Sims um, because you have the ability to have um, same sex relationships mm. as a family in The Sims, so they censored that. Um, and it said Rocket Man. So the, the film, the film Rocket Man. They didn't censor the entire film. Did you? know about the censorship for rocket man a little bit um, i mean i know elton john and putin i think they're actually like a little bit pally in that elton john kind of rang putin after that law which prevented kind of promoting homosexuality in russia and was like putin like don't do this like i think they've talked before and i think elton john's maybe like performed over in russia or something like that and um, but yeah then i think they censored like parts of rocket man um it says anything that referred to his relationship with his partner David, they wanted to remove from the film. So then John, Elton John wrote a letter to Putin to say... I love Elton John. You can't remove that part of my story. Do you? Do you love Elton John? I don't really have... His music is so good. Design. I really don't think so. I think him and Kylie Minogue, who, you know... I saw um, <laughs> I saw a little clip. Was it? <laughs> Straight people listening to Kylie Minogue. <laughs> And then we're just there, like she's singing and she's like dancing around as they went. Like, and they're just like, mm. ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I've just I've never gotten on board with Kylie Minogue or Elton John. Uh, Elton John is just so good. But I kind of think that about like Paul McCartney as well. I hate Paul McCartney. Are, and, are the Beatles angry overrated? I agree. I agree. Um, so what? At the end of the article, it talks about recommendations or potential things that we can do. Well, not we. I, I don't know what I don't know what we can do. What can be done? What can we do? So I think, from a personal like perspective, there is the thing that I'm sort of like obligated to say, right? Like, read the privacy policies, read the terms and conditions. Obviously, like I don't do that with the vast majority of things that I use, right? Mm. Um, which is why I think reports like this are quite important to surface, to do the research for you and, and tell you which ones are better and which ones are worse. I don't think I've seen or heard of anything like this before. Not that I look at a whole heap, but to go into such depth about things that we're actually doing. And the dates on them referred to July and June of 2020. Like That's how up to date mm. the information is on on this report. So we go back kind of several years just to an overview of what this is, like an industry first report. Like Companies like Recorded Future in our sort of industry, we look at nation-state-sponsored cyber attacks and campaigns, whether it's kind of Russia targeting the US elections, that sort of thing. Um, 
But it was great that we had this idea. The research team really wanted to get involved. We had loads of volunteers from the research team, um, predominantly women as well, that were just kind of really on board, wanted to get involved. Um, and then it passed all the levels of approval in the company as well, where they were happy for us to write this type of kind of industry first report. Um, and hopefully by us doing it, I hope that it's kind of gained some good PR for the company so that it incentivizes other companies to do the same as well. Because mm. I mean, it was on BuzzFeed, it was on some other articles. Um, and I think these yeah types of reports are important. Um, what other kind of steps you can take with dating apps, just make sure that you have a good password. Um, if possible, use two-factor authentication. And then again, just to reiterate the one before, like if you're gonna go meet someone on a dating app, like let a friend know. Like I think when I was single, I had my location shared with like a friend pretty much all the time. Um, oh, that's smart. No, I did. I used to do it with Jordan. I'd be like, I'd send him and then i say, I'll give you a message before and after. No, but you mean live? Uh, yeah, so on that Find My Friends app on iPhone, yeah. I use that with like... Not Hawaii. No. <laughs> <laughs> Huawei, Hawaii. <laughs> He's in Hawaii, is that what you said? <laughs> Huawei. Um, but yeah, and then the, the final thing as well is you can use a VPN, virtual private network, uh, to help protect your network communications to prevent like that Deepak inspection. And like you mentioned, when you're on holiday and you can't access certain materials. What are you trying to access? I wanted to get a recipe. I felt like cooking that evening, um, mm. but I couldn't translate it into English. Oh. And, uh, and uh, they said they wanted to keep all of their great food to themselves. It's so selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I just wanted to be fed. And you're hungry. I'm always hungry. You wanted, Sometimes thirsty. You wanted meat. I wanted it. Yeah. I know. But, you know, next time I'll be able to get some good, good recipes. Yeah. Because I know how to go around it now. <laughs> <laughs> a VPN, you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think there should be or will be anything to do? I, I thought, like, in terms of the reports, we speak about Latin America, um, Africa, Asia, um, Eastern Europe. And for me, they make sense in terms of my generalist idea that these are some of the areas that have issues with protection um, for queer people. Do you feel like there may be a need for that within North America and within Europe? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be an interesting research idea. And again, maybe one for next year um, where it might not be as widespread on like a country level, but pockets of the country that are, mm. have certain views and certain stances. Um, so I think that would be kind of really interesting to do. And also to have a look to see how like data could possibly be like abused in these countries like Western Europe, well, areas like Western Europe and the US as well. Well, especially if you talk about the dark web, we might talk about state-sanctioned things, but um, I've never even really heard of... You hear about what the dark web is and the fact that there's this like, undertone of people do illegal activity on the internet, but that may be the same here. People may be getting targeted within here, within the US... Um, as well. Yeah. I think you should leave it there. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to mention, Craig. No, just thank you to everyone that did the report, worked on the report. I think there were like 15 or 16 of us. Um, and also thanks to you guys for letting me share the message of the report. And as you mentioned, you've got listeners kind of around the world. So hopefully it might actually reach out to some of those people that mm. this report is especially relevant to. Um, we will definitely post the link to the article, but where can they find it? So they can find it on recordfuture.com forward slash blog. And then 
on there you'll see all of our public reports uh, and you'll be able to find this particular one which again is called online surveillance censorship and discrimination for lgbtqia plus community worldwide um, and you'll also just be able to find articles on like buzzfeed that are written about the report as well okay awesome well thank you very much for coming on my pleasure it's good to be here thanks guys I feel like we could talk about loads more. Like it's so interesting, especially yeah. about some of the different uh, like um, examples. It's yeah. a big report, and there's there's lots of specific examples um, that we could go into, but it would just take all day. Yeah, I felt like in your workplace, maybe people were just like talking and talking as soon as they found something. When oh my god, I can't believe I just saw this. This is outrageous. So, do you have access to the dark web? <laughs> <laughs> Am I not allowed to ask it? We do. So, uh, I mean, as a company, we have a dark web research team, uh, but also I have like a almost like a burner laptop, uh, which I can use for going on dark web um, if necessary. Um, but I'll typically look at more security related stuff as opposed to anything in this report. So, like, if I asked you to find someone that I found really attractive and see if they have dick pics out there, we could find it together. <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> What's the point of this? This is why I got Huawei. They can't do that, but if you want a human kidney, they can get you one. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> just a name. human one. <laughs> Let me just Google that in the dark web for you. Um, all right, then. Thank you very much, Craig. Thanks, Thanks Craig. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I Thanks hope you find listening. this interesting. Yeah. And Definitely read the report. 100%. It's really good. Especially, it is a long report, which is good. Um, and it's got really, really great examples. Um, but it's also got some summaries as well, which might make it mm. lead you to some areas um, that you may find more interesting just for yourselves as well. I just I find it when you started reading it, you just wanted to read more and read more and read more. And the graphics. Remember the graphics. The graphics, the graphics are awesome. So good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a lovely day, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, actually. Cool. All right. Bye. bye.